All right, well, good morning, men. Morning. And uh, lady, the rose among the thorns. Good morning to you too, ma'am. Um, it's a great privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, I want to thank Peter for the invitation. And I uh, also had some contact with, with Graham. And it's, uh, it's really wonderful to be here amongst you. And great to see a group of men who are gathering to get to know the Lord better and to grow together in their faith. Uh, if you do have a Bible with you, you don't have to. I'm going uh, <clears> to <throat> read it to you. I'd like you to go to Acts, uh, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 18. And we're going to read five verses from, um, from verse 24 to 28. And there's three things uh, that I'd like to share with you from the life of Apollos this morning, which I think we can learn from. Lessons from the life of Apollos. And really these lessons are three gifts that Apollos was given uh, for which he could claim no credit that he had in his own life. But these were three things that having been gifted by God, he poured them out to the Lord. So they were gifts that he gave back to God, which God had given him. And it's those three gifts that I want to discuss with you this morning because I believe that all of us are called to do the same thing. Um, Let's read these verses together. Verse 24 of Acts chapter 18. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. And this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross over to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, and when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, Showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. So Apollos, um, he would go on to become uh, one of the greatest apostolic men of all time. And uh, we see the, the great success that Apollos had in his ministry. Shortly after being in Ephesus, he crossed over and he went to Corinth. And <clears throat> he had a tremendous impact On the life of the church in Corinth. Uh, The reason we know that is when Paul wrote to the Corinthians. If you go and read the the book of 1 Corinthians. Paul is um, chastising the Christians in Corinth for their sectarianism. That there were divisions amongst them in the church in Corinth. And some of them were saying, I am of Paul. I am of Peter. I am of Christ. I am of Apollos. Now... Uh, you know, if, if you could be mentioned uh, in a life of ministry in the company of those three other men, Jesus Christ, the head of the church, Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, Peter, the apostle to the Jews, and Apollos. I mean, that's pretty good company. So we know that Apollos had a tremendously powerful ministry in Corinth and 
wherever he went, he seemed to refute the Jews publicly, the Bible says. Um, And so I want to ask the question, what was it that made Apollos so fruitful in his ministry? Why did he live a life so powerfully used by God? And I believe there is great uh, wisdom that we can learn from, from the life of Apollos. Um, I said to you that uh, Apollos had received three gifts which he poured out to God. And it reminded me of a story in, uh, I think it's in in the book of 1 Samuel, where uh, King David, he's not king yet, he's still out in the wilderness running from King Saul. He longs for his home in Bethlehem uh, while he's in the stronghold in the wilderness. And he just... uh, you know, almost um, unplanned, impromptu, he just speaks out one day, oh, that I had a drink of water from the well in Bethlehem, where I grew up. And there were three men that day that heard the, the voice of their captain. And they uh, were honorable men. The Bible says that um, they were counted as the, the top three among the 30 mighty men of, of David. And that the others didn't attain to the first three. Interesting turn of phrase the Bible uses. And this is really the only piece of information we have about these three. What made them so special was they took their lives in their own hands. They broke through the Philistine camp. They drew water from the well in Bethlehem. The whole city was was under siege uh, and occupied by the Philistines. They broke through, they drew water, and they came back to the wilderness and they gave him some water. Loyalty to their leader. But note what David does. He takes the water. He says, how can I drink this water? That at the cost of their own blood, at the risk of their own lives, these men have brought this water to me. Far be it from me to drink this. And he pours it out as an offering to the Lord on the ground. Now this is what Apollos did with his life. He had received three, at least three, incredible privileges and gifts in his life and instead of consuming them for himself he poured them out for the Lord and and I believe gentlemen if you want your life to count for God for whatever years you have left in this life however many years the Lord gives us we want our years to count for God and if you want your your life to count for God you are going to have to pour out as an offering The gifts and privileges that God has given you. That's contrary to the way of the world. The way of the world is to drink that water. So, three privileges that Apollos had. Here's the first. He had a privileged upbringing, which included a good education. Uh, The Bible says that uh, he was from the city of Alexandria... Um, Alexandria was a city that had been uh, renamed. It was a small town. Um, And then in 324 BC, Alexander the Great had conquered the known world and uh, spread Hellenization, Greek culture, to the known world. And that, in fact, prepared the way for the gospel because a common language was spoken by all people when Christ came into the world and the apostles then spread throughout Um, the Mediterranean world to preach the gospel. Everyone spoke Greek because of what God had done providentially through Alexander the Great. So Alexander had conquered this city, which is in northern Africa, modern-day Egypt, and he had renamed it Alexandria. 
It was a culturally sophisticated city, perhaps the most culturally sophisticated city of its day. Um, It had the largest library in the world. Uh, It was a wealthy city, uh, a city of great affluence, and its inhabitants received perhaps the best education that a person could get anywhere in the world. And this is where Apollos was raised. Uh, Some historic facts about um, Alexandria. In in 200 BC, uh, a group of Jewish scholars met in the city of Alexandria. And there's a little bit of legend around this. Apparently they all went into their own cave. And the project was to translate the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures into Greek because of the Hellenization of the world. Everyone, they needed the scriptures in Greek. And apparently they, this, these 70 elders all came out of the cave and their translations were all word for word perfect. Now I'm not sure I believe the legend, but we do know that the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which became known as the Septuagint, Sept being 70, um, the, the, that was done in the city of Alexandria. And uh, why is the Septuagint important to us today, living in the 21st century? Well, any time you read the New Testament, and you see one of the apostles quoting an Old Testament scripture, which they do all the time, when you see Jesus quoting the Old Testament, when he says, have you never read? And then he quotes the Old Testament. Guess what he's quoting? He's not quoting the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures. He's quoting the Septuagint. The apostles... So the Bible they read was, was the Septuagint. That was translated in Alexandria. Um, by the time of the apostles, uh, there were one million Jews living in Alexandria. Uh, it was the largest Jewish population on the planet in the time of the apostles. Larger than Jerusalem. More Jews in Alexandria. Um, uh, they they uh, also had great effect in, in Alexandria, reaching many of the Gentiles. Um, You'll read in the New Testament this concept of people called God-fearers. Cornelius was a God-fearing Gentile, for example. These were people who had been converted to believing in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through the witness of the Jewish people. And so Alexandria was also known as a city filled with God-fearing Jews. Uh, This is the place where Apollos was born and raised. Um, There's some other fascinating facts of history with the, the city of Alexandria, um, the Council of Nicaea in 325 was constituted uh, to, con- uh, to, to contradict or to fight against a, a heresy uh, known as Arianism. And the great champion of the, of the Council of Nicaea was a man called Athanasius. And Athanasius became the bishop of, uh, of Alexandria three years after the Council of Nicaea. So much history in the city. And this is the home of Apollos where he's born and raised. So Apollos had great privilege in his upbringing. Great privilege. He grew up with the best education you can get. The Bible says he was an eloquent man. He could speak persuasively. He was confident. He was well educated. He was cultured. There is nothing wrong with a good education. There is nothing wrong with having culture. With having a privileged background. Nothing wrong with that. There's no need to feel guilty if you've got a good education. 
The only thing that the Bible speaks against is taking the good education God has given you, the privilege that God has given you in your upbringing, and using it for yourself. That is what the Bible speaks against. We are to take the gifts that God has given us, the privileges of our past, and we are to pour them out to the Lord. You see, just like Apollos, many of us in South Africa, and this room is mainly filled with white South Africans, that's... um, You know, we have to admit as white South Africans that we received a privileged education because of apartheid. I'm 38 years old, probably younger than than some of you. (laughs) That was polite, wasn't it? (laughs) And even... I matriculated in 1992, that's when the whole thing changed. So for my education... We did not have black, colored, or Indian uh, boys at school with me. I went to a government school, but the education that I got was world class. As white South Africans, we got a privileged education. Now what I'm saying to you this morning is, as evil as apartheid was, and it was evil, you don't have to feel guilty for having a privileged education. You don't have to feel guilty for having opportunity. But God is, all God says to you is, what will you do with it? Will you pour it out for me, for my kingdom? Because that's what Apollos did. He took his eloquence, he took his education, he took his privilege. He took all the culture that he had gained. And he, like Moses, the Bible says, he, he chose rather to suffer reproach with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. See, we can take our education and our money and we can enjoy it ourselves. We can enjoy the passing pleasures that they provide us. But Apollos didn't do that. He he suffered reproach with God's people and he publicly refuted for the sake of his Savior. Will you do the same? Secondly, a knowledge of the scriptures. It says here that uh, he was an eloquent man, but not only eloquent, he was mighty in the scriptures. Apollos was a Jew. He was not only an Alexandrian with all this culture and education, he was a Jewish Alexandrian. And being a Jew, growing up as a Jew in a highly educated cultured city with the largest Jewish population in the world, he received a, a, a wonderful Jewish grounding in the scriptures. And he committed his life to being mighty in the scriptures. What a, an amazing definition. Could you be described as a man who is mighty in the scriptures? Apollos was mighty in the scriptures. You see, the greatest thing that Apollos got through his education in Alexandria was not entrepreneurial gifting. It was not uh, ability in eloquence and speech. It was not the ability to run successful businesses. And many Jewish people to today are exceptionally talented in those areas. Well, that's not the greatest gift that, uh, that Apollos got in Alexandria. The greatest gift that he got was a knowledge and depth in the Bible, in the Scriptures. And I'm afraid that 
if we are going to be men mighty in the scriptures, that that doesn't come through any shortcut. There's there's no short course that you can do to become someone mighty in the scriptures. Apollos was a man of discipline. He was a man that woke early in the morning and he opened the Bible and he prayed, God, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. And then he would read the scriptures, pour over them day after day after day after day. I see so many people in the Christian life who do not have the discipline to get to know God's word. In its totality, from Genesis to Revelation, reading it over and over and over and over and over again. So another gift that Apollos had been given was a knowledge of the scriptures and a discipline to commit himself to those scriptures. Will you make the same commitment? For the rest of your days, will you say, I will become or increase in being a man mighty in the scriptures? You see, the Bible says that Apollos was vigorously, powerfully refuting the Jews, showing that this Jesus is the Messiah. He is the prophesied Christ. Now, why could he refute in the public square of his day? Why could he argue so powerfully against those who were resisting Christ? He could do it because he knew the Bible so well. We live in a day and time where biblical truth is under massive attack. The inerrancy of scripture is being questioned even within the very central places of the church itself. We don't want to believe everything the Bible says is true, and it is. I will go to my grave arguing that. And even if we don't like what the Bible says about certain issues, and we think it's politically incorrect, are you going to go with culture and what the pressure of media are saying, or are we going to go with what the Bible says? There are some particularly thorny issues That cut to the very heart of this. Now the scriptures. The scriptures. If we want to be used of God in our day. It will have to be done through a knowledge of God. Gained in the scriptures. Will you become a man mighty in the scriptures? Thirdly. He had eyes to see that Jesus is the Christ. And that's a gift. It's a gift he'd been given, eyes to see the truth of the gospel. You know, Apollos was, um, it's an interesting description. He said, first of all, he, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. But there's a qualification to that. Um, later on in the same verse, it says he, he, he was a preacher and he, brought, he taught accurately the things of the Lord as he knew them, as he saw them in the Old Testament scriptures, and yet he, he only knew the baptism of John. He didn't know about Jesus yet. Or did he? You see, he was a man mighty in the scriptures. I remember when I first became a Christian, <clears throat> and I, I, I learned that actually for thousands, hundreds a couple of thousand, some of the prophecies, of years before the birth of Jesus, the Old Testament prophets had been prophesying in staggering detail 
about the life, birth, life, death, resurrection of the, of the Jewish Messiah. And this is what Apollos knew. He knew all of the prophecies. You, you can read the prophecies in Isaiah and in Micah and in Hosea and in Jeremiah and in many of the prophets. He would be born uh, into the tribe of Judah, the, the Messiah. He would be born in the little town of Bethlehem. Uh, when he would be born, uh, many of the children in that geographic area would be put to death. Rachel weeping for her children. He would uh, spend time in Egypt and then come back from Egypt. And that was fulfilled through the persecution of Herod. Uh, a messenger would go before him preaching, make way, uh, prepare the way of the Lord. And that was fulfilled in John the Baptist. He would live a sinless life. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53 prophesies of the sinless servant of God suffering for the sins of the people. He would die as a substitute for the sins of God's people so that they might be forgiven. And he would be raised from the dead. David speaks of that in the Psalms. He would cry out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Go and read Psalm 22. It is the most staggering prophecy. My hands and my feet. They pierced, they cast lots for my garments. That's written a thousand years before Jesus was even born. This is what Apollos knew. He was a man mighty in the scriptures. And he was preaching about the coming Messiah accurately. And so Priscilla and Aquila pull him aside and they explain to him the way of God more accurately. They said, listen, you were a, a, a disciple of John. You know John's baptism. John was saying the Messiah is here. He's amongst us. Well, we proclaim to you Jesus of Nazareth. He was the Messiah. He, he did die, as you say. He was raised from the dead, as you say. And the Spirit of God opened Apollos' eyes and heart to the truth of it. And he accepted Christ as his Messiah. Paul says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8, he says, For by grace you have been saved. Grace is unmerited favor. Salvation is from start to finish a gift of God. It is by God's grace that we are saved. Through faith. And that faith. Not of yourself. It's not, a, not of works, says Paul. Lest any man should boast. Even the faith we have as Christ as our Savior is a gift of God. Not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. That's the words of scripture. Apollos had received that gift. And he poured that out into God's kingdom. So three things. Apollos had privilege and education. And he gave it back to God. Will you do the same with the privileges that you've received and the gifts and the talents that God has given you? Will you pour them out as an offering to God? Spend your life for the glory of Christ. Secondly, will you commit yourself to becoming a man mighty in the scriptures? Will you have the discipline to read God's word in its totality every single day over and over and over again for the rest of the years of your life? And thirdly, will you, if you don't know Christ, will you come to Christ as your Messiah, as your Savior, the one who died for your sins? And if you do know Christ, as I believe most of you do, Will you tell others 
Will you pour out this knowledge that you've received of Christ as the Messiah? Will you pour it out to those whom you come into contact with? Because these are the three things that Apollos did. And I pray we would do the same. May I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for these men this morning. I thank you that they gather to hear your word. Lord, you've said that you will not send your word without it returning to you fruitful. God, we know that nothing can happen in our lives without the moving and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray, along with the prayer that was prayed before I got up here, Lord, that your Spirit would do his work in our hearts, that your word would bear its fruit, that we would live for the honor and glory of our King, and that we, like Apollos, would pour out the gifts you've given us back to you as an offering a sweet aroma to you in heaven. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for your blessing on them all. Amen.